KRXO FM and KRXO HD Oklahoma City. KRXO Claremore Tulsa, a product of Tyler Media, reaching over 1 million Oklahomans every week. Now, TotallyTickets.com presents the Franchise Oklahoma City Thunder First Take Postgame Show on 1077 The Franchise and 1079 The Franchise Tulsa. They did it! They finally beat somebody in the top two in the Western Conference. Yes, that's right, the Oklahoma City Thunder defeat the Denver Nuggets for the first time in seven games. That's right, a seven-game losing streak, which was the longest in the history of the Thunder slash, I'm sorry I've got to say their name, the Supersonics history as well. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Thunder First Take postgame show. 107.7 107.7 The Franchise, 107.9 The Franchise in T-Town. Brady Trantham here along with Madison Morris as always. Matt Burton, Matt in studio, keeping us alive, keeping us going and streamlined. We are live right now at Flint Restaurant beneath the Cold Cord Hotel in downtown Oklahoma City. The red and the blue lights are all flashing right now on the, on the streets. Everybody's getting ready to leave the arena. Happy, Madison. I cannot, nice. cannot believe we're about to say this. The Thunder beat the Nuggets. The Thunder did beat the Nuggets. They beat them 113-101. to 101. And this was a big game because I have been talking so much about how the Thunder have not been able to put a complete game together all, all season. And it's either because they're so great the first half they can't pull it together coming out of halftime or they're so bad in the first half that they have to claw their way back in coming out of halftime. And usually they're able to. But Brady, I feel like this is the first game that I've seen this entire season where they have put together a full-on game. They looked good from start to finish. They played dominant. And, uh, I mean, despite just letting the Nuggets come back there in the second quarter, team coming out of All-Star break, because that has been the big thing on uh, everyone's mind, basically, is just how the Thunder are going to perform coming back from vacation, coming back from Chicago, coming back from whatever they were doing, training your dog if you're Steven Adams. <laughs> they came back and they played so well tonight. Brady, I was all, I was just impressed all over the board. Yeah, and especially when you remember, like, what are the problems with this team on the whole, typically? They either start off game slow or they, they do well in the first half and then they have a stinker in the third quarter. You look at the scoring breakdowns, they outscored Denver 27-17 in the first quarter. Great! Great! They, outs- they outscored Denver 30-29. Hey, I mean, you outscored him by one point, but you scored 30 points. So the consistency was there. And like you said, second quarter got a, got a little wobbly. Denver outscored them 31-21. But it was all about crunch time. These are two of the more crunch, clutch time performers in the NBA. And I believe Denver has Oklahoma City in terms of all the clutch numbers just by a hair. And what you know it, Oklahoma City in the fourth quarter, 35, Denver 24. Oklahoma City just absolutely worked Denver in the fourth yeah. quarter. No, they looked good in the fourth quarter. They looked very um, alert. They looked ready to play basketball. They looked like, you know, not kind of like the typical Thunder in the fourth quarter where they're either like really going hard because they have to. They don't have a chance that they want to win this game. They're going to have to put it all out there, and then they just wear themselves out. No, this time they looked really good. They just looked energized. They looked well put together. Guys like Steven Adams, he had a game all throughout uh, his 32 minutes on the floor where so, he just looked it's great. the best game he's had in two months. Oh, my gosh, for sure. No, Steven Adams, I'm going to break this box score down a little bit. He was 7-14 of tonight. Uh, he had 19 points. He had 17 rebounds, two assists. He had four steals and two blocks. Guys, tonight he looked so good. He looked healed. He looked healthy. And that beard was trimmed. 
Call me crazy, <laughs> but I think that had something to do with it. Yeah, ever since he hit that half-court shot against New Orleans right before the All-Star break, and now he, then he started training his dog at Lake Hefner during the All-Star break, whereas everybody else went to Turks and Caicos or they yeah, were right? in Chicago for the All-Star game. No, Stephen stayed home. He stayed here. He's, he's a local kid. We can call him now. What a guy. But, yeah, like we talked about in the pregame, Madison, you know, Nikola Jokic is a mismatch for every center in the league. Oh, for sure. And Stephen Adams typically will have, classically, will have his worst games, his worst performances against centers like Nikola Jokic because he's away from the basket. Now, Jokic can stretch the floor because he can shoot, yes, but he stretches the floor because of everything else, because of his passing, his understanding of the flow of the office. Everything funnels through Nikola Jokic. Yeah. So, Stephen. If he's going to let Jokic do his thing, and he's going to do his thing, he's that good. He played yeah. at an MVP level last year. Everybody knows that. The big thing for Steven is you've got to balance that in some way on the offensive end, whatever whatever way it may come, uh, second chance points or whatever. But Oklahoma City knew that, and they gave him, you said it, 7 of 14. They gave him 14 opportunities, yeah. 19.17 boards. I'd argue probably his best game of the season. Oh, for sure. And they fed Steven Adams tonight because I really think that he he was showcasing his ability to kind of finish out that. And I've always thought Steven Adams, his biggest problem is that he has a bad habit of getting outworked in the paint because he's such a dominant player. He's really good at grabbing boards. He's really good at putting up second chance opportunities. But the I don't know, the past couple of months, he just really didn't look like that because exactly what I said. He got outworked. He had centers coming in and just dominating him in the paint because they were, they were faster. They were just quicker. They, they, I don't know, they were able to grab rebounds a lot better. They were able to just kind of fight him out of all of these second-chance points. And so, yeah, Steven Adams kind of struggled going into All-Star break. Maybe staying home was the best thing for him because I agree with you, Brady. This has probably been the best game we've seen out of Steven Adams this season just because he looked energized. He didn't get replaced with Nerlens as much. I don't think even though Nerlens had a great game as well. But Steven Adams, he just he looks like the Steven Adams that people are used to seeing out here, and that's because he he was refreshed. He was ready to play this basketball game. I mean, Matt Burton, I know you were up in the studio all by your lonesome. And we miss you, Matt. Apologies for that. You, I miss you, you were with us in spirit, as always. And you were, you know, off writing your your beautiful poetry. We appreciate the that content really on good. Twitter. That, that took a way, lot for me to like share that with everyone. You know, I'm kind of bashful about it. Yeah. You know, once you once you share your art with the world, it no longer belongs to you. Just remember that. <laughs> exactly. But please, everybody, follow Matt Burton on Twitter, at Matt underscore Burton 22. Please, you will thank me later. But, Matt, I mean, was it as simple as Stephen Adams just going to work tonight and that's why the Thunder were able to have a consistent lead throughout most of the game? Or did you did you think something else coming after the game? Um, I, I was excited for Steve. It looked like he uh, he really needed um, that time off. Um, this team This team did better. Uh, then their last break, their last extended break, uh, like that four-day break before their four-game home stretch, like you guys had said. Um, man, Steve, he, I mean, spoiler, he's going to be my player of the game. Uh, seven offensive rebounds. We know that Steve... Don't spoil it. I know, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. But we know that Steve is an elite offensive rebounder, and tonight you saw why. You saw it. They could not keep him off the glass. Um you know, sometimes he's kind of hit or miss with those little floaters in the lane, but tonight he had the touch going. He was um, feeling it. Yeah. yeah, no, it was it was good to see. It was good to see all around. I mean, I know we kind of we kind of joke about plus minus uh, sometimes on this on this here post game show, um, but every single player that played tonight for the Thunder was in the positive. Yeah, you know, like John Ham and I were talking about it in the pregame about how. 
Like, yeah, you, you can we can sit here and say, yeah, Steven needs to do a lot offensively tonight because of the Jokic matchup. And we can sit here and say that they need to consistently feed him throughout the game. And every time we talk about that, Steven might get a few opportunities early on. And then the rest of the game, his opportunities are coming off of second-chance opportunities or just broken plays. Mm -hmm. They were going to him in the fourth quarter. Yeah, Chris Paul found him wide open in the lane for a dunk. Shagos Alexander found him trailing a fast break. Got it to him, got, got his little floater going. Like, he was just feeling it tonight. Yeah, he was feeling it. I tweeted this out. I forgot. It was sometime in the fourth quarter, but uh, Stephen had back-to-back -back really good floaters. And I know that people kind of think, oh, well, duh, that's a signature shot. That's what he does. Uh, yeah, not so much the past couple of months. He's been missing those. He hasn't really been able to execute those floaters like he usually does. He practices those a lot. That's really what we see, uh, especially in pregame warm-ups, uh, after practice and stuff like that when media have availability. That's something that Steven practices a lot, but he hasn't been able to execute them. And so seeing him be able to get those going tonight, uh, there was one point Denver just left the way, the lane wide open for Steven. And, I mean, he just had so many good opportunities They're not going to pass it to him. No, yeah, they're, they're like, no, nah, Steven, he's not really a fourth-quarter player. Well, pff, he was tonight. And so, yeah, just I know we've kind of been talking about Steven this entire first segment, but I mean, rightfully so. This game had a lot to do with him. Obviously had a lot to do with guys like Chris Paul as well, but it was a well-rounded game, and it was pretty much led by guys like Chris and Steven, and that's really good to see. Yeah, well, I mean, we've already kind of more than touched on it. At this point, it'd be a felony. So let's go right into the Thunder player of the game. Now, the franchise Thunder player of the game, brought to you by Volkswagen of Edmond. And now's the time where I become a little smart, a and make a quick pivot. Because in the spirit of consistency, lady and gentleman, I'm going to go Chris Paul as my player of the game. Yeah. Because, Madison, we've talked about it uh, a few times on the post-game show, which also doubles as the OKC82 podcast, which you can all, of course, subscribe to and listen to for all the post-game shows. So if you're just now tuning in, you wanted to catch the beginning, please subscribe to OKC82 Brought to you by New Balance of Edmond. Thank you so much, New Balance. You guys are awesome. But, yes, I've talked about it a few times. When the Thunder are playing this caliber of team, and the Denver Nuggets come in here 38-22, and 22, or 38-17, and 17, excuse me, second seed in the West, we all know how the Thunder have been very good against middle-of-the-pack teams and teams worse than them, and that's mm -hmm. the sign of a pretty good team. You beat the teams that you have to beat. They've been less than fortunate against the upper echelon, and Denver certainly falls in that category tonight. Uh, the Thunder already lost a game to Denver earlier on in the year. A bad first-quarter performance that just led to a bad loss. And we talked about it after the Boston game, Madison. Though, these are games where I want to see Chris Paul become more assertive, where you need your superstars to basically be aggressive and get every shot that they can get. Mm -hmm. And Chris Paul is as close to a superstar as this Thunder team oh my has. Gosh, yes. Now, Shea Gills-Alexander can be that on some nights. Up and coming. Yeah, he's young, and he's not going to be that every single night, against, especially against quality opponents. But tonight, Chris Paul, 29 points, 4 rebounds, 2 assists, 11 of 17, efficient, and he took a lot of shots when you consider. Just look at the, the scoring breakdown, the shot-taking breakdown. And we already talked about Steven Adams with 14 attempts. Lou Dort had 9. Danilo Gallinari, 14. Shagos Alexander, 14. Chris Paul leads all the stars with 17, so Chris is going to be my player of the game. No, I like that, and I kind of want to take another pivot because we haven't talked about this guy at all, and uh, people might be raising their eyebrows at me a little Mike bit. Mike Muscala because he got his jersey retired. No, no, no. He <laughs> didn't play tonight, so he's not my player of the game. He's still living in that, that Bucknell, just kind of like, oh, yeah, jersey's hanging in the rafters, He's like, baby. oh, man, that was such a good He gets free drinks Saturday. at Bucknell for the rest of time. Yeah, he does. Did you see the clip of his jersey being unveiled? Matt? I did. I I did. It was fantastic. Madison, want, Madison pointed out, oh, yeah, he's right next to Creamer. He's, he's, <laughs> he's His jersey is right next to a guy's last name being Creamer. 
It was. <laughs> it was. And I, I had a giggle at that. We had a good laugh. I did have a good laugh. But anyway, my player of the game tonight is actually going to be Lou Dort. And uh, I know that kind of sounds weird, but he was 4 of 9 tonight. Uh, finished with 11 points. I, I like what Lou did out there just because th- there was a lot of really tough situations that he was put into. I thought he played some pretty sound defense. Uh, also, he had some pretty clutch shots when it kind of mattered most. He was the first uh, player pretty much on both rosters to hit a three-pointer during the game. I just kind of thought that he was playing fearlessly out there, and he continues to do that as he um, is left there in the starting lineup because obviously these guys have confidence in him. Billy Donovan has confidence in what he's able to do in the starting rotation. And so Lou Dort is my player of the game just because I thought he had some really good moments of this game. And he was also two of two from the free throw line. And so, you know, he's just, he's one of those guys that you rely on him, you put him in there and you want to see what he can do and he delivers. And so I I was kind of impressed with Lou Dort tonight. Mr. Burton. All right. I already spoiled mine. But I'm going to Steve. Steve, 19 points, 17 he, he, rebounds. He certainly deserves it. Four steals, seven of those 17 rebounds on the offensive end. I mean, that guy, he's, he's an elite offensive rebounder. He knows the positioning. He knows how to use his body. Um, man, just Steve played great tonight. The floaters, like I said earlier, the little floaters in the lane, sometimes they're hit or miss. But tonight he was feeling it. He had the touch tonight. Um, Chris Paul would be another easy answer. Um but, yeah, no, Steve, Steve tonight, uh, everyone talks about how he struggles with Nikola Jokic, but so does the rest of the league. Um, and Jokic had, a great, Jokic had a great game tonight. But 12 that's, of 15, 32 points, yeah, Nikola Jokic. That's, that's, that's par for the course. That's par for the course. But you're not going to stop Nikola Jokic. So what do you do? You have a great game on the offensive end yourself. Yeah, it's all about balancing out what you know is probably going to come from Jokic in that production. And, I mean, in the games, in this seven-game losing streak, in the games that were close, Madison, and we were actually at one of them last year in Denver, that game, if you remember, Ooh, fun. yeah, the Thunder had a lead going into the fourth quarter. They had a lead in the fourth quarter as well. They eventually lost by, I think, seven points. Yeah. It was a tight game until the final minute when the Thunder had to keep from shooting for, for, or fouling intentionally, excuse me. But that game was tight. Because Steven Adams is getting a lot of opportunities because he's balancing out the, the, the scoring production that Jokic yeah. is being able to throw out there. But um, I want to I want to table Lou Dort for the next segment because we do need to spend, spend some time on him. But like you guys said, like you said, Madison, 11 points, two assists, one rebound, four of nine from the floor, just aggressive. And you need that out of your shooting guard. Yes. And I'm curious because Steven Adams talked about this at practice yesterday to us when we asked him about Denver's offense. And he, of course, said, you know, Jokic is, you know, He's the MVP candidate. But also their guards, you know, Jamal Murray, Gary Harris, Will Barton, like all these guys, they're mm-hmm. so good at cutting. They're so good at running the baseline. And they're so good at doing all these sneaky little things that keep your defense on its heels. Well, Lou Dort's pretty good at that. He's yeah. pretty good at defending that. He's a high-energy guy. He can he can match anybody physically. He can match anybody with speed. He showcased it with that. But, again, I do want to get to him a little bit later. So, for now, I do want to highlight, though, because you kind of touched on this as well, Madison. The three-point shooting for both teams. The Thunder made six. The Nuggets made nine. This game was either played in 2005 <laughs> or both offenses were still stuck in Turks and Caicos over the yeah. All-Star break. I think it's the second option of what you just said because, yeah, I don't think the Thunder, they're not like the, 
best three-point shooting team out there, but, I mean, they're not terrible. And, obviously, Denver, they've had success doing that throughout the season. And so I think that the, both these teams are just a little, like, asleep from All-Star break because I kind of touched on this a little bit earlier, but Denver started the first quarter 0 of 8 from the three-point line, and it was just ugh, sloppy and gross, and they could not make a three-pointer save their life. And I think they were really relying on that a little too heavily to start the game because, you know, they're good at that. That's something that they've been able to prove throughout the season. They're a good three-point shooting team. They have guys like uh, Will Barton and Jamal Murray who are very good at making that. And then, obviously, Jokic is very good at stretching the floor, and he can do stuff like that, too. Not tonight, folks. They were not able to do that at all, especially Jamal and Will. They did not shoot the ball very well uh, from deep, and so that kind of hurt Denver in the long run. But, yeah, it was just bad three-point shooting, kind of relying a little too heavily on that because uh, Denver, they shot it 27 times, and, I mean – Oklahoma City shot it 26 times, and so, yeah, those numbers don't seem, like, crazy high, but especially if you're not making them, it's kind of like, all right, let's put a clamp on it. Yeah, again, just bad. Bad. But it's interesting because, you know, the Thunder, their past five games, they had that four-game stretch where they had four days off prior to that first game against Cleveland in Oklahoma City. They had four days off, two days to practice, and they looked slow and lethargic in those first two games. And they won. They lost the Sunday game to Boston, and then they dropped a very disappointing game to San Antonio and Oklahoma City, who will be coming back this coming Sunday. Um, All that happens, and you're thinking, well, is it because they had so much time off? So then you come into tonight, man, are they going to be lethargic again? Could not be further from the truth except for the shooting from deep. Yeah, and I mean, I feel like that's not even the end of the world. because No, not at all. I want you to chime in on this, too, because it's like, both teams were equally as bad to start off this game because they were just, you know, it was kind of a tie game. Oklahoma City would pull ahead. Tie game. Denver would pull ahead. Tie game. It was just so back and forth the entire first quarter because it started off slow. No one was really shooting it well unless they were in the paint. They were kind of, uh, especially Gallinari, he was relying way too heavily on that three-point shot that he usually is pretty good at, but especially like the few games before All-Star break and now coming out. That's not been his shot lately, and I don't know, Matt, if you were realizing that too, but it was just a very slow start to the game, and it was just because of bad shooting. Yeah, when it's when it's 11, what, what was it, 11 to 11 with like five minutes left in the first quarter, yeah. you're like, okay, <laughs> yeah. yeah, these guys, uh, like, they, they're playing their way back into this. Um, and Mason yeah, no. Plumley looked like he had just walked off the oh beach. Oh, my God. <laughs> or Miles Plumley. Wait, too. Matt, did you no, see Mason. that? Right. Oh, Mason, right. yeah. You're right. Did um, you see how red he is? Yes, yes. But, hey, it's all-star Sun break, screen. you know, let's fine that's fine sunscreen i know man somebody who it's fine. I gets get sunburned in like winter please think <laughs> about your skin health gosh 107.7 the franchise 107 down the franchise in tulsa this is the thunder first take post game show we are live at flint restaurant beneath the cold cord hotel come say hi people are starting to trickle in get some good food get some good drinks go say hi to kevin the bartender he always takes good care of us. Shout out, Kevin. And, and then go say hi to Justin, the manager here. He's wearing a red suit that you cannot miss. Oh, my gosh, yes. And he's rocking it. He killing is it. absolutely killing it right now. He's selling a bottle of wine. He's doing his thing. So, yeah, stick with us here on the Thunder First Take Post Game Show. You are listening to 107.7 The Franchise, 107.9 The Franchise in Tulsa. Welcome back to the Oklahoma City Thunder First Take Thunder Post Game Show, presented by TotallyTickets.com on 1077 The Franchise and 1079 The Franchise Tulsa. Nothing wrong with Finn Lizzie on a Friday night. Yes. Yes, the boys are indeed back in town. Oklahoma City is back from their long all-star break. 
Thank goodness, Madison, I didn't know what to do with myself over the All-Star break. I slept. You I got did. some sleep in. I, got, I had, like, my social life back for a little bit, <laughs> and it was kind of nice. Never being a human being. <laughs> no. Oh, I know, I know, I know. This is the Thunder First Take postgame show. You are listening to 107.7 The Franchise, 107.9 The Franchise in Tulsa. Brady Trantham here with Madison Morris and Matt Burton back in studio keeping us alive. We are live at Flint Restaurant beneath the Colcord Hotel in downtown Oklahoma City. And, yep, when we started, it was about half full, and now it's pretty full. It's so, pretty full. Yeah, there are still a few tables open. The bar has a few seats open, so if you're looking for a good place to get some drinks... Have some good food and enjoy just the the Friday night it's victory Friday night. that was Oklahoma City's one thirteen one hundred one victory over the Denver Nuggets first time in eight games, Madison. That Oklahoma City has been victorious against their Northwest Division rivals. Fantastic for them too because it was a really good game. Kind of said this in the first segment, but uh, they just looked really good. They looked physical. They looked well rested. They looked well taken care of. Thank God for Turks and Caicos because these guys had good tans. They had uh, good Specifically energy. Specifically Danilo Gallinari. Specifically Danilo Gallinari. We're going to get to this. We're going to get to this in a few oh, minutes. So for prepare sure. yourself. Oh, I'm so ready. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, no, like these guys looked really good. Um, obviously, guys like Shea Gilgis Alexander and Danilo Gallinari. They didn't shoot the best tonight, but you know what? They still made plays uh, when plays were needed. Uh, Shea Gilgis Alexander. He had nine rebounds tonight, and so that was really good. Also had nine assists. He was on that uh, triple double watch. Didn't quite get there, but you know what? He still contributed in a great way. Danilo Gallinari, he had three rebounds tonight, two assists. He had 15 points total. He was 4 of 14, 2 of 7 from that three-point line. But he was perfect at the free throw line at 5 and 5. You know what? He still played hard. He still played very smart. Uh, even if he's not the most efficient shooter of the night, I still think that he is a very valuable player for the Thunder team out there. So he was really playing uh, kind of well. Obviously, we just spent the entire first segment talking about Steven Adams and guys like Chris Paul. Yep, no more. No more of that. But I do kind of want to touch on Nerlens Noel a little bit because he played about 15 minutes tonight. He was 4 of 6. He had 10 points. It was, a good, it was a good return to form game because the last two games yeah. he's been bad. Like. That San Antonio game, he played for 22 seconds and had three fouls in the first oh quarter. Gosh, Couldn't play until like game. mid-third quarter. That was so bad. New Orleans, he didn't do anything either. And while he didn't play that much tonight, like you said, Madison, 10 points, that's good for your scoring off the bench, especially right. when Dennis Schroeder has a less-than-stellar game scoring, but he only took nine shots. He hit yeah. four of them, just wasn't as aggressive. The Thunder didn't need him to be aggressive tonight. No, they really didn't, but Dennis Schroeder, yeah, he came in. I swear on my life, he was just trying to get hurt tonight, though. He went down at least two different occasions, and it just did not look good, so wherever he went on vacation, my goodness, <laughs> that was not good. <laughs> no, this was a kind of a this was a game where two scary things happened. Yeah. Jamal Murray, I thought he tore his ACL uh-huh. in the second quarter. He uh, fell to the floor. He kind of slipped and fell, hurt his knee a little bit, couldn't get up. Then he got up, fell to the floor again for about five minutes, and then he walked to the bench, and then he came back quickly thereafter, so he's fine. Dennis Schroeder had an ankle injury in the third, early fourth quarter, and it looked, okay, that looks kind of bad, too. Right. Hopefully he's able to bounce. Oh, he came back. No, he came back. Everybody's fine. He don't was worry fine. about it. Yeah, don't worry about Jamal Murray because that was fully non-contact. It looked like he slipped. It looked like his uh, left foot kind of came out from under him, so everyone was saying it might be a groin injury. But then it kind of looked like that right knee like ricocheted a little bit, and so that's always kind of scary when you're messing with knees because no one wants that, especially coming out of All-Star break. Denver's in a great position right now. Um, obviously, sitting number two in the Western Conference is just great for them. And so Jamal Murray, that's not really a guy that you want to see out because he was 8 of 16 tonight. 
He shot one of five from the three-point line, so not all that great, but he did finish with 21 points, six rebounds, and four assists. He did have five turnovers, but I really do think that was just a lot of that sloppy play in the first half for Denver because I want to say there was two different occasions they stepped out of bounds, which was just weird, um, and then they just really couldn't take care of it for a little bit. And so I think that was just them coming back from All-Star break. Denver's a great team, and so I don't want to chalk it up too much to that. But no, yeah. they're not. They just lost. <laughs> well, yeah, they did lose. But, uh, yeah, kind of good to see Jamal Murray not have too serious of an injury. He came back right away. Or as, yeah, I mean, that's correct. That's how, that's how Dennis Schroeder says uh, series as well as serious. Anyway, <laughs> Matt Burton, there were other games played this evening in the NBA, which stands for the National Basketball Association. For those of you that are unaware what that word means. Oh, I did not know this. I know. I just, I just, I just, crazy. I just looked it up on my Google machine in my hand. I love the Google. But Matt Burton is going to take us all around that association right now. Let's go around the association for an NBA scoreboard update. Brought to you by Oklahoma Operation Lifesaver. All right. We're going to start off in Orlando where the Dallas Mavericks. The Dallas Mavericks traveled to tonight and got a road win. Uh, Luka Doncic with 33 points, 10 rebounds, 8 assists to lead the Mavericks. Evan Fournier uh, with 28 led the Magic. Hmm. Thoughts? I, no, nothing. So I got to see a little bit of this game because I was just watching highlights on Twitter and Luca pulling out some moves. Man, he obviously had a great All Star break being in Chicago. He looked really good tonight. So yeah, good for the Dallas Mavs. I'd like to see them go far. And I believe with the win, Dallas still at thirty five and twenty two is a as a half game above Oklahoma City for the sixth spot. Oklahoma uh. City moved to thirty four and twenty two. So that's going to be interesting. And everybody, this is still a little too early. There's 26 games left in the season, but the last game of the regular season for the Thunder on the road at Dallas. Hey, it's going to be fun. Madison, we will more than likely be there. Oh, we'll be there. Yes. Uh, the John Beeline list Cleveland Cavaliers picked up a road win <laughs> tonight wow. uh, in, in, against uh, the Washington Wizards. Uh, the Cleveland Slugs is their alternate uh, name. <laughs> Yikes. Um, yeah, Colin Sexton, 25 points to lead the Cavaliers, and Bradley Beal had 26. Uh, to lead the way for the Wizards. I don't know, that game, uh, two Eh. bad teams. Doesn't do a whole lot for me. Yeah, it doesn't do a whole lot. Uh, The Indiana Pacers uh, went to the Madison Square Garden tonight to take on the New York Knicks uh, and got a road win, 106-98. to The Knicks continue being terrible, 17-39. and Now on the season, uh, Bobby Portis led the way for the Knicks with 19, and TJ Warren had 27 for the Pacers. Ooh, the Knicks have only won eight games at home this whole season. Like, how do they keep filling up Madison Square Garden? Like, why are people still going to these games? That is so disgusting. You know, I I hate saying this, but do you guys, but this is what essentially happened. Do you guys remember when the Suns just sold TJ Warren to the Pacers? Yeah. Yes. And like the 32nd pick, right? Yes. Yikes, Phoenix. (laughs) They could sure use some TJ Warren this year. They might be the eighth seed, but that's a different story. (laughs) That's a different story. Speaking of Phoenix. They went up to Toronto, eh? Um, and hey. lost and lost to the Raptors. Could have used TJ Warren tonight in his twenty-seven. As they lost one eighteen to one oh one. Devin Booker led the way for the Suns with twenty-one, and Pascal Siakam had thirty-seven points and twelve rebounds tonight. MVP uh, for the Raptors. That's an MVP right there. I love Pascal Siakam. I do too. That's all I have. Does anybody really a, not a darn like good him? basketball player. He is such a good basketball player. 
And I just love the way that he kind of came out of nowhere. Oh, speaking of Toronto, so I, I can't remember who said this, Madison. It, was it? No, 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 it wasn't. It was somebody at the All-Star Game said that Kyle Lowry is just basically Raymond Felton with Drake's phone number. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I'm I heard dead. It, I heard it on Bill Simmons' podcast, That's and I, so I laughed for about 10 minutes. That's so funny. Shout out Raymond Felton. We love you. I love Raymond Felton. <laughs> <laughs> the, the Minnesota Timberwolves hosted the Boston Celtics tonight. And loss. The Boston Celtics won 127 to 117. Uh, Malik Beasley, uh, former Denver Nugget, led the way uh, for the Timberwolves with 27. And uh, four players tonight uh, had over 20, had 25 points or over. Wow. Uh, for the Boston Celtics tonight, Gordon Hayward 29, Jason Tatum 28, Jalen Brown 25, and Daniel Tice 25 and 16 boards. You said Daniel Tice with such enthusiasm, Matt. Yeah, because he killed the Thunder last time. I yes, he did. Yeah. I killed Man. him, but had like 11 points. But still. Daniel Tice. Daniel Tice. What I get real guy. fired up. Real fired up about Oh, Daniel I'm Tice. very fired up. <laughs> couple more games in progress. Uh, just under nine minutes left in the fourth quarter uh, in Utah. The San Antonio Spurs are up 100-84 to mm. on the Jazz. DeJounte Murray. Yeah, DeJounte Murray, 23 points. Uh, to lead the way with the Spurs and 17 and 12 for Rudy Gobert. Spurs figured something out when they came to Oklahoma City and got an upset victory. They must have. The Jazz have only lost five the, games at home this the, entire season. The Jazz season. have just been weird for the last 20 games or That's so. Ridiculous. They had that 21 game. They had a long winning streak. And then they brought Mike Conley back, and then they just started losing because it is hard to implement, like, even a starter and a, a player the level of Mike Conley, very, right. very good. It's still hard to just throw somebody into the rotation and just act like nothing's going to happen. But Crazy. still, Utah, I put them in that category of team that if the Thunder draw them in the first round, I would pick Utah, and I would be kind of shocked if Oklahoma City won, but at the same time, that's certainly a matchup that the Thunder would favor. Yeah. Utah and pretty much any team outside, I guess, probably the Lakers, uh, would hate to see the Oklahoma City Thunder in the playoffs because they know they're yeah. going to be in for a battle. Yeah, I think I think the L.A. teams and maybe Denver, but who knows with how Denver ends up their season and Having Jamal Murray as your number two guy, I think that might bite you in the postseason. I don't know about a first-round matchup, but basically, if the Thunder can get anybody besides the L.A. teams and Denver, they should feel good about their first-round prospect. Yeah. And just a couple other games that are still in the first quarter. The Lakers are on top of the Memphis Grizzlies right now, 19-13. Uh, to 13, And the Pelicans right now are up 31-24, 33-24, just scored three minutes left. Uh, in the first in that one. And that Come on. has been around the association, my What's friends. What Zion got? Do you know that? Uh, Zion has, uh, it's finna tell me here, uh, he has 10 points right now. 10 of the 31. 33. Good. Hmm. Excuse me. Goodness. I'm still basking in the awe and the awesomeness that was Zion just from the Thunder's last game before the All-Star break. Yeah. Oh, Zion's, man, ar- Zion's already won. He's the first player that everyone can sit like a consensus everyone likes that's from Duke. He is the most likable Duke player ever. Yeah. And yeah. he is a Duke fan, Matt. You should probably agree. Would you agree? With I that? doubly like him, yes. See I'm a heel. I double fan, like so him. No, like, nobody ooh. likes Duke players. Nobody. Yeah. Maybe Grant Hill. I don't know if I obviously he was a little bit before my time when I started watching the NBA. Grant Hill is still in the NBA. I just I can't remember that well from that part of, from that period of time, but I would just assume safely, Zion Williamson, everybody loves him, even though that he went to Duke. Can I ask you guys a question real quick before we move back to uh, Thunderland? You may because, not, but go ahead. 
Okay, I want. I really want to know y'all's opinion on this because Dylan and Todd were talking about this a couple of days ago on the oh, show. Yikes! And I really, I want to like kind of retouch on it because I'm very curious to see what you guys think. So obviously Zion Williamson has not had as much playing time as someone like John Morant. Do you still think that Zion is a good contender for Rookie of the Year? Like, he's done some pretty incredible things since he has come back, but he has hardly played this season. So, like, what, what do you guys think? I think I think Ja, ja is certainly in the category of if he wins it, I think people will be happy and yeah. satisfied with it, and they'll be resigned to the fact that, yeah, Zion missed too many games. Just like Paul George doesn't make the All-Star game. He's an All-Star level player, but he missed too he many missed games. He missed a lot, yeah. And people are kind of like, okay, like that's just kind of the, them's the breaks. Joel Embiid did win the Rookie of the Year because he missed a ton of games when he was <laughs> a third-year redshirt rookie in the NBA. I love that. So I think Jaw is certainly deserving in his own right, regardless of what Zion does. But Zion can still just burn the league down, and he may very well. But, I mean, I, I don't know. I think I, at the end of the day, I think he's missed too many games. Yeah, yeah I, I agree. I agree. And if Zion continues on this trajectory, um, I don't think he's going to be too upset about losing Rookie of the Year. But And John Morant, I mean, he's played great, but also the Grizzlies as a whole have been have overachieved. They have completely they've overachieved. Yes. They've so, overachieved. They're currently the eighth seed in the Western Conference. Now, they did drop a disappointing game the other night against Sacramento. We'll see if they're able to keep this consistency up, but they do have a good young core. Brandon Clark, Triple J, John Morant. I mean, that is a team that you can be excited for, like you were saying, Matt. Oh yeah, no, and that's what I'm saying. No, John Morant, he he deserves he deserves it. Zion, I mean, he's just simply missed too many games, but I mean that that happens. But Zion, like I said, if he continues this trajectory of what we think he's going to be, um, I think he's going to have much better uh, titles and recognitions than Rookie of the Year. Excellent. I was very curious just, about y'all's opinion on that. Yeah, just don't be like Donovan Mitchell or Ben Simmons and like fight over the Rookie of the Year. Like they're yeah, like that's Matt, petty. Like Matt said, there are bigger. There's bigger fish to fry at work here. Right. Segwaying really quick back to the Thunder before we go to our next break, everybody. Uh, ESPN put out this stat during the broadcast. It was the Thunder's second or third nationally televised game. I completely forgot the ESPN I think it's was the third. Here. Yeah. Yeah. They had the Houston game. Was there something else? Boston. No, Boston. That was just a regular 2.30 tip-off. Yeah, maybe it was their second. Regardless of that fact, (laughs) they put out the clutch, the clutchness of Chris Paul. So I'll just read this to you. Clutch points. So the NBA defines, like statistically, they, they, they define clutch as the game is within five points, five minutes or less. Basically, every single Thunder game that you've watched this year. (laughs) No kidding. In that period... Chris Paul, 128 points in clutch time, which leads the NBA by a significant margin. That's really impressive. His fourth quarter plus minus, and we always have to say we make fun of plus minus. Sometimes it doesn't tell a story. Sometimes it does. His fourth quarter plus minus, plus 147, which leads the NBA. And fourth quarter steals, and Chris Paul is always routinely either leading the NBA in steals or he's right up in the top three, top five. He's got 25 steals in the fourth quarter. That dude is just, Dang. like I said, he's the closest thing that the Thunder have to a superstar. And when they're playing this level of team, they need Chris Paul to, to answer the call. Yeah. And he did tonight. Yeah, no, he really did. I've been so impressed with Chris Paul this season just because, obviously, for factors like he hasn't missed a single game except for that one game after Kobe's passing with just personal reasons, which is totally understandable. He hasn't dealt with any kind of injury. He's been taking care of his body. He's been taking care of, you know, just his athleticism, and he's been a leader for this team. And so I really like the fact that Chris Paul has just developed into this incredible player. And I know that 
people are probably rolling their eyes saying, okay, well, he hasn't developed. He's been like that. This is... I certainly you know, am. He's, uh, I know you are, Brady. He's been around for a while, but I mean, seriously, he was not this kind of player in Houston last season. He was not this kind of player in Houston the season before. He just... I didn't see him being exactly what he is here in Oklahoma City. He wasn't that the past couple of seasons when he was elsewhere. And so him coming here and kind of just falling into the thunder way and really helping these guys out and being a mentor for guys like Shane Gildress Alexander and really aiding guys like Steven Adams and Danilo Gallinari and setting them up for success on the court. It's just, it's really cool. I like the way that Chris Paul is playing basketball right now, and I think that he's going to keep that up throughout the remainder of the season and especially whatever he does next season. It is certainly a breath of fresh air. And we'll get into the last segment. We'll get into uh, a little bit on top of that on what Dennis Schroeder told us yesterday at practice. Brilliant. We'll talk about that. And then I do want to talk about Lou Dort. We need to have some words about the greatness that is Lou Gintz Dort. Lou it's going to be awesome. So you're going to want to stick with us on 107.7 The Franchise, 107.9 The Franchise in Tulsa. This is the Thunder First Take Post Game Show, which is also the OKC82 Podcast. Woo! Madison, where can people listen to this? Pretty much anywhere you listen to podcasts because we do not charge for you to no, listen we're, to we're, OKC82. We are cheap dates. We are very cheap dates. You can find us on Spotify, which is where I personally listen to all of my podcasts. Uh, you can find us on Google Play, on Stitcher, on iTunes. You can find us on the little podcast app on your uh, on your Apple iPhone. Uh, you can also find us, I think, on the franchise thefranchiseok.com. Boom. And also on our Twitters, because we always post it there as well. Yes, follow Madison on Twitter at Madison Morris, M-A-D-Y-S-S-O-N. Spell it right. Morris. Or you can follow me on Twitter at Brady Does Sports. Or you can follow Matt Burton at Matt underscore Burton 22. And we will probably post the link in somewhat. For sure. But again, OKC82, a part of the Franchise Podcast Network, which is brought to you by New Balance of Edmond and Spring Creek. Is that correct, Madison? That is correct. And we actually went up there a few days ago. We shot a little fun video. We got some shoes because uh, New Balance is the official shoe of 107.7, the franchise. We like our shoes. We appreciate our sponsors so very much. Mm-hmm. No, Love. they're awesome. Go give them a sh- Go give them a, if you're looking for new shoes, you want to get in good shape in 2020, go up to New Balance. They'll take good care of you. But stick with us on 107.7, the franchise, 107.9 Tulsa. When we get back, Dennis Schroeder, Lou Dortz, and the Thunder victory over Denver. Welcome back to the Oklahoma City Thunder First Take Thunder postgame show presented by TotallyTickets.com on 107.7 The Franchise and 107.9 The Franchise Tulsa. Whoa. Rage against the machine on a Friday night. Let's do this. Mm. They're going on tour, but are they coming to Oklahoma City? No. Probably not. Come on now. Pearl Jam's okay. Foo Fighters, I know some people like them. You big Foo Fighters fan? No, nice. not really. Good, good. You've wow. never said anything. Wow. I'm sorry, I don't. That has made me so happy in my life. I know. I don't say Matt, are you a gigantic Foo Fighters fan? Not gigantic, but I mean, I'm yeah, not, well, I don't hate them either like you two are right now. I don't hate them. I don't like you two either. I'm glad Dave, you brought that up. Whoa. Dave Grohl's been in two <laughs> legendary bands in his lifetime. Oh, so. I love you two. So, wait, no, the band you two. So you don't love us? No, I, I do. This is Matt, awkward. Wow. I know. She just. You guys are setting me up for failure. She just here. Miss, she misses Chisholm on the uh, post game oh, show. Oh, goodness. Her, we fa- her favorite. Noted My her favorite. favorite. Oh. I'm sorry, guys. Yep, that is the voice of the treacherous Madison Morris. <laughs> you also heard Matt Burton back in studio. Our 
Very lovely producer, I must say. Very talented. He's a poet, if you he didn't know. He is a poet, if you didn't know it. <laughs> and I am a simple simpleton, Brady Trantham. And you are listening to the Hunter First Take postgame show on 107.7 The Franchise, 107.9 The Franchise in Tulsa. We are live currently at Flint Restaurants beneath the Cold Court Hotel in downtown Oklahoma City. Great food, great drinks, great people. And uh, the people were so great that they're, like, sitting around us going, who are they and why are they screaming so loud about a basketball game? Right. It's been over for an hour, Madison. Yeah. We're be- trying to have our stuffed lobster. I know. <laughs> yeah, they're trying to have their stuffed lobster. Well, we're still screaming about this game, Brady, because it was a darn good game and a good showing by Oklahoma City. Obviously, this is exactly what Thunder fans were hoping for coming out of the All-Star break instead of something just awful because I was having a few conversations with some people kind of before the game. Ooh, conversations yeah, with conversations people. Yeah, conversations with people, and everybody was kind of like, I wonder how this team's going to perform tonight. I feel like Denver is just going to mop the floor, and they're going to get out of here with a nice little victory. Yeah, it didn't happen. I was pretty pumped about this just because I hated the past couple of seasons how the Thunder returned from All-Star break and they just did not want to play basketball. They did not have a good showing coming out. And this time they did. And so that was really cool to see. They uh, put the clamps down on Denver, especially on the defensive end. And so it was just it was a really good showing all around, kind of something to be excited about. So we're going to continue to yell about it for another like 15 minutes. Well, please don't yell. We're wearing headsets and when you scream, it goes directly into my ear yeah, holes. Yeah, I know. And that hurts. Doesn't I'll try it, to keep it down. Yes, please. Yes. If you could. Just if you if you could. I'm an animated just, person. Madison, I just did it again. I know you think I'm not screaming. I know you think I'm old and I know you don't like me, but think of Matt. <laughs> okay. For everybody that is not aware, you should listen to Intimate with TV's Jerry. That's another podcast on the Franchise Podcast Network. Uh, where Madison uh, burned me to the ground. And laughed about it afterwards. Well, I mean, I I guess I made a lot of people mad with that one. So yeah. my bad. I know. There's scorched earth policy, Madison Morris. She was like, I don't care. Yeah, I guess not. Last mm. time I go on a podcast. <laughs> Jeez. It was great. We, Sorry. I loved listening to it. it my brought, apologies. It brought me great joy. No. What else brought people great joy today? The Thunder beat Denver for the first time in seven tries. Seven games in a row, Denver has defeated Oklahoma City. But tonight, the Thunder are the victors, 113 to 101. Chris Paul leading the Thunder with 29 points, two assists, four rebounds. Shea Gilles Alexander, uh, an assist and a rebound away from a triple double. 11 points, nine assists, nine rebounds. Danilo Gallinari, poor efficient, not poor efficiency tonight, but he finished with 15 points on 414 shooting. Steven Adams, his best game in about a month or two. Woo-hoo. 19 points, 17 boards. Matt Burton earlier highlighted 10 of those boards, or seven of those boards, excuse me. Or of the offensive nature. And then you've got contributions from Nerlens Noel, 10 points off the bench. Dennis Schroeder, not his six-man-of-the-year campaign game that he's going to throw on the highlight reel, but he was still good when he was needed to be 11 points, only took nine shots, so it wasn't like he was poor shooting from the floor. But, again, Madison, this was a game the Thunder controlled in the first quarter. The second quarter kind of got wobbly. They regained control. They were able to stay consistent. And, yes, Denver was very bad shooting the three-pointer, so was Oklahoma City. Yeah. So it really just came down to once Oklahoma City got their control back under them and they got back into the flow of their offense, they controlled the game. They were the better team tonight. No, they really were. And that's kind of 
like exciting because Denver turned the ball over tonight 19 times. Oklahoma City turned the ball over 12, and I want to say a lot of that came in the first half for Denver, and I know I kind of touched on this in an earlier segment, but I feel like Denver just, they were not here mentally. They weren't really ready to get out of All-Star break. Uh, obviously, Mason Pumley forgot his sunscreen, <laughs> so he was not ready. Yeah, it and was so- funny because you were like, he's either mad or sunburned. Well, it was <laughs> I noticed it because he got his first foul there in the second quarter, and I like, obviously, he was brought up on the big screen, and I was like, wow, he looks really red so he's either a very embarrassed uh two or no sorry a and two don't go together a very embarrassed b very angry or c he just forgot his daggum sunscreen on his vacation he's very sunburned it'll turn into tan in a couple days uh probably not but it's okay by the way if you do come to flint come say hi to us or get some good food and get some good drinks we encourage you to do so and do so responsibly um no that's not mason plumley or my, is it Miles? It's, I'm Mason. Already, it's, Mason. It's, Mason. it's Mason. Goodness, know your Plumleys. Mason Plumley. No, that is not Mason Plumley walking around Flint. That is Justin, the manager, in a red suit. <laughs> Very what dapper red suit. Very yeah. dapper. He did tell us on the break that he wore a red velvet one for Valentine's Day, so look out. But, uh, yeah, I kind of lost my train of thought. What was I talking about? Well, I think we're talking about the Thunder game. I was talking about the Thunder game and Mason Plumley's horrible sunburn. Can relate, my bro. No, it, it was it was a game where you could tell it was the first game after yeah. a significant break. Denver, I don't know how many games they had off. I do know I do know this. The Thunder had, oh, they had about six days off. The Spurs, when they came to Oklahoma City a few week or uh, last week and got the victory, that was their last game before the All Star break. They've had ten days off. Yeah. Yikes! And yet they're still. What would you say, Matt? Are they still? Are they winning right now? In was it Portland or Utah? Was it Utah? In Portland, uh, Norland, the Pelicans. No, the or, Spurs. Oh, the Spurs. Yes, uh, they were winning at the time. I can check real quick if they are still currently. It's just weird. The NBA is weird. Basketball is weird. is weird. Sometimes you can find yourself in a good rhythm like the Thunder did in January when they didn't have more than a day off between games. They were constantly on the road. Well, you get you fall into that muscle memory of just playing basketball, and you forget the fact that, oh, I'm exhausted. Yeah. I am very fatigued. And then the second that you have a, a break, which the Thunder did, they went through a four-game stretch where they had two victories that were lackluster and two losses, one of which was a heartbreaker. The other one was... A complete and utter head scratcher. Yeah. So, you know, the question was coming into tonight. Yeah. Not only are the Thunder not as good against the upper echelon of not just the Western Conference, but even the Eastern Conference in the NBA. Uh, Denver being the second seed tonight coming into tonight. Uh, not only is that the case, but you know, this team maybe they came back down to earth a little bit, Madison. Maybe it was just because they had found such a rhythm in January, and then they had a few days off, and yeah. they kind of got caught sleeping. Um, that was not the case tonight. This was a team that was motivated. This is a team that had played with a lot of energy. You could see it throughout the entire game. It, they, they didn't flip it on in the second quarter, the third quarter. They didn't need somebody. To, they didn't need to be down by ten points to wake up. They took control early on. They kind of had a hiccup in the second quarter, and they took over in the second half. Yeah, no, they definitely did because I, I don't know. I keep saying it, but I was very eager to see how they were going to perform coming out of this break, and so I think they really did exceed everybody's expectations. Hopefully they can keep that going. They don't have, like, the toughest schedule coming up, but, I mean, it's still going to be some good games because Brady already said it, but San Antonio does come back this Sunday for a 6 o'clock game, and that's going to be important just because that was the heartbreaker right before the All-Star break for Oklahoma City was just falling to San Antonio here at Chesapeake, and it was a bad game all around. I mean, the Spurs looked fantastic. The Thunder did not. And so after that, they are going to go to Chicago. Then they're going to have Buddy Heald and the Sacramento Kings come in. 
Then they have to go to Milwaukee, and that's going to be a very interesting game to watch. And so, yeah, it's just you hope the Thunder, they're going to keep this up. Uh, you hope that they still play with the kind of force that they did tonight, the same kind of energy. And uh, everyone stays healthy because right now they're in a great position. They're playing some good basketball. They're playing smart basketball. Uh, they even have guys like Abdul Nader and Lugans Dortz contributing. Dortz. Did I say Dortz? He's not plural. It's just one Dort. There's only one Dort. The there's world only can only Dort. handle one Lou Dort. Thank goodness there's only one Dort. It's just too much power. Too much power. But, yeah, they just have guys contributing from all over. If Dennis Shooter can really pick it up and get um, Gallo finds a shot again, my goodness, this team could be really good. Yeah, you know, you brought it up already with the San Antonio game on Sunday. I'm going to go ahead, and I, when you cover a team day-to-day, Mass, and you know this, when you get asked to make predictions, you kind of go into, like, I, I don't want to because this game is so silly. Like, yes, you can find consistent patterns, like the Thunder are a good team. Yeah. Okay, we know that. But to sit here and say, oh, the Thunder are going to win this game or lose that game, it's silly because we don't know who's going to play. If that team's going to be tired, there's so many factors that go into this. But I can make two predictions about the Thunder's next games this coming week, starting with Sunday. They're going to beat the Spurs. They already had a disappointing loss to them at home. They are going to beat them. This game happens too quickly after the disappointing loss last week. Yeah. They're going to beat the Spurs. And then that Milwaukee game is the second night of the back-to-back. The Thunder play the Kings Thursday night in Oklahoma City. Then they play Milwaukee on the road. Danilo Gallinari is not playing in that game. He hasn't played the last... I can't remember if it's four or five, but the last four or five second night of back-to-backs, yeah. the Thunder have always said, oh, Danilo Gallinari's out with an ankle or a knee soreness type <laughs> or deal. Sickness. They're load-managing him. They're not playing him on the second night of the back-to-back. Um, now, it's against Milwaukee. It's a, obviously the best team in the league's um, win-loss-wise. So that could change, but can, in terms of the pattern, yeah, he's not going to play that night. So uh, get ready for that one, Thunder fans. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I'm kind of eager to see all these matchups just because uh, – I don't really want to put Chicago in there because, no offense, not a good team. But The Thunder did lose in Chicago last year on a Lori Markman buzzer was beater. Weird. That and was weird. It was the uh, slowest. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Sorry. No, go the ahead. Spurs game did go final. 113-104. They beat Utah at Utah. Wow. <laughs> Take some of that, Utah. What does that do to the standings as I Google the machine? No. Um, yeah, last year the Thunder lose to the Bulls in Chicago. Lori Markkinen took 12 years to get over the screen to run down the lane wide open to hit the sh- to hit the layup or to hit the dunk, yeah that was uh that was awkward for everybody involved. No, Very so the, so the Utah Jazz thirty six and eighteen hmm. after the loss or thirty six and nineteen excuse me they are now thirty six and nineteen. Madison, mm-hmm. I don't want to get Thunder fans' hopes up so much, but there is a path for this team to not just win fifty games but to. You know, not just think that the seventh spot or the sixth spot is like the ceiling. The fifth spot is certainly open. And if Utah keeps playing weird, I think the fourth spot is kind of once you get past the realm of realism. But, hey, if teams start to falter and we see teams, we saw the Thunder falter after the All-Star break the last two years. So it's not like anybody's immune to it. If that happens, the Thunder could very well find themselves in a position where they're either hosting a first-round playoff series or they're in the 4-5 or spot, which is ideal for this team considering what we all thought back in July. Yeah, no, for sure. And Matt Burton, I want you to piggyback off of this because I feel like this is kind of a good thing for Thunder fans to keep in mind, especially um, seeing how they perform tonight and seeing how other teams around the association have performed tonight. Not great. So I'm kind of eager to see if they're going to be able to keep up this momentum because like Brady said, this could be so crucial for them moving forward because if teams like Utah are going to fall off and then obviously Denver taking this loss tonight, who knows what teams like Houston and Los Angeles 
um, both the Clippers and the Lakers. Who knows what they're going to do? And so it's just it's kind of a thing to keep an eye on because this team really could climb. And I don't think it's really about like um, getting those 50 wins anymore. It's just kind of seeing what these other teams ahead of the Thunder can do, and maybe the Thunder could push forward, and then they'd have a better opportunity to have a real serious playoff run. Right. No. And and now 16 and 10 to get to 50 wins. 16 and 10. That's the uh, that's the record you need from here on out. Um, no, this 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 Thunder team going forward, uh, Thunder fans should have a lot of confidence uh, in this team, specifically because you know that going into the playoffs, no team wants to face you. The the Thunder are the team that note that is in, in the bottom half uh, of the of the standings. But, oh no, question. But they, this this is the team that no one wants to see. Yeah. So you no, should have is- a lot of confidence, and you could you could play spoiler, but you could also go up to the fifth seed. Like this is this is perfect. This is a perfect situation uh, for the Thunder. No, perfect no situation. They, they're a smart basketball team, and teams that rely mainly on athleticism and not a good system. We're talking about you, Houston. Basically, Russell Westbrook led teams because the Thunder were the victims of this. The Thunder relied on their athleticism. They relied on being, getting out into the fast break, and when they were able to do that, they're a very good team with Russell Westbrook and Paul George. Postseason, you can't do that every single possession. You've got to have some consistency in your half court and be a smart basketball team. And that's why Portland and Utah were able to feast because they were smart basketball teams. They were good in the half court and they took advantage of their opportunities. So, like you said, Matt, Thunder are not a team that basically anybody in the West wants to play in the first round because they will make anybody they play have to dig down deep and basically walk into the second round if they're able to beat Oklahoma City pretty damn tired. Yeah, no, I, I would say what. For a first round series for the Thunder, six games minimum. Depending on depending on who, I, I mean, if the, I, yeah, if the I LA teams, I think that will be a popular. That's a six game, right? Series like if the least. LA teams, so they're they're going to make whoever they play, they're going to make them earn it. They're not. It's not going to be a cakewalk first round matchup. Uh, the Thunder will absolutely make uh, whoever they match up against. They will make them earn it, and it'll be a uh, it'll be a battle of a series. I'm excited. Now I misspoke because. I looked up the NBA standings, Madison, while every single, like, where some games were still being played. Oklahoma City is now currently the sixth spot in the Western Conference. Uh, they are tied with Dallas, 34 and 22 both. But Oklahoma City, they've played twice already, uh, both in Oklahoma City. Oklahoma City won the first matchup. Dallas won the second one. That was the game where Chris Paul uh, was in L.A. grieving over the loss of Kobe Bryant, of course. Uh, the Thunder are, let's see, they are... A game and a half behind of the Houston Rockets at 35 and 20, Utah Jazz at fourth, 36 and 18, and then you get into the LA Denver, LA Lakers, 37 and 18, 38 and 18, 41 and 12. So the path is there, Madison. It's just really going to come down to the Thunder, looking at this next week and getting those wins because there's probably a guaranteed loss, schedule loss against Milwaukee. Uh, yeah. But yes, you, you will hear all that coverage. On 107.7, the franchise, 107.9, the franchise in Tulsa. This has been the Thunder First Take Postgame Show, but before we take you away, we do need to do the thing that nobody likes, and that is <laughs> the Stat Cat. I didn't give a warning. I'm sorry. Watch me, push a cat. Whoa, whoa. Listen, we were all on all star Watch me, push a cat. Whoa. Yeah, thanks for the warning, Matt. Yeah. We were all on all-star break. I'm a little rusty getting back in. No, yeah, I'm totally fine. kidding. It's fine. You know, it really wasn't that bad that time. I think I was, like, prepared for it. Goodness. So it's fine. Yep. The Thunder definitely 
you know, this game not very sexy in terms of like any of the numbers. It just really came down to opportunities. It really came down to what few opportunities you had. You had to make them count. Oklahoma City certainly did. And you've got like you've just got to go either free throws or the three point percentage because that's basically the edge. Mm-hmm. But Matt Burton already talked about it, so I'm going to piggyback off him. Stephen Adams is seven offensive rebounds. I don't think without that performance tonight, even with Chris Paul being as aggressive as he did, I don't think the Thunder are in a position in the fourth quarter to really drive it home at that point. So I'm going to give Stephen Adams seven offensive rebounds a shout out. That's a nice one. Um, you know. I was kind of thinking of like what I wanted to do for my stat cat this whole time, and I realized that what I did want to do, I kind of already highlighted it in both of the previous segments, and so mine's not really going to come as a surprise or anything, but my stat cat tonight is going to be the fact that Oklahoma City defense held Denver to a 0 of 8 start from behind the three-point line. Mm. And I kind of thought that was really nice because I believe going into the second quarter, Oklahoma City had at least made two of like their seven or something like that. And Denver was 0 of 8. And so that was just, that was kind of nice because they were guarding the perimeter very well. Uh, Obviously, Denver was not able to get their shot off, but I really did think that came down to a lot of the defensive pressure that the Thunder were showcasing. And so good for them. 0 of 8 start for Denver. Bad. Yeah, no, I was going to go uh, two sevens on my uh, on my stat cat. One of them was going to be uh, the seven offensive rebounds for Steven Adams. The other, seven turnovers for Chris Paul tonight. Um, hey. When's Don't the last time that happened? When's, is that the most... Is that the most ever for Chris Paul? No, I, I think he's had nine or ten this season. There's like one game where he just, I think he had a quarter where he had three or four turnovers and it just kind of inflated his numbers. It's weird. Back it was quarter. so unlike him. He was throwing some uh, some uncharacteristic uh, passes. Just, I mean, but, it, it, I mean, he played great regardless, which is so weird. You can have seven turnovers and then just play out of your mind, be the closer, be the clutch guy. Um, so, yeah, just, just two, uh, two sevens. And also, again, shout out, seven offensive rebounds, Stephen Adams. That's insane. People, people be crying about Aaron Gordon getting robbed out of the dunk contest. Chris Paul was robbed out of the All-Star game. Should have been the MVP. 107.7 the franchise, 107.9 the franchise in Tulsa. This has been the Thunder First Take post-game show. Matt Burton, thank you so much. Thank you, Matt. Thank always you doing a great thank job. You. Madison Morris, always a fantastic job. You never cease to amaze me. Oh, my gosh, thank you. Uh, everybody, thank you so, so much. Thank you to Flint for always taking good care of us. Shout out to Kevin, the bartender, Justin, the manager. Thank you also for taking good care of us. Everybody, please drive home safe. Please tune in tomorrow morning from 10 a.m. to noon, Franchise Thunder Insider Show from 10 a.m. Till, no- till noon. We'll be, we will actually be at Northwest Classen. So that's going to be a fun show, Madison. I'm looking forward to that. Woo. And then also, if you're just now tuning in and you're like, man, I wanted to listen to Matt, Madison, and Brady. You can, di- you can subscribe to the OKC82 podcast, and this will be on there for your listening pleasure in the morning. Rest assured, we've got you covered. Everybody, thank you so much. Oklahoma City, have a good night. Oklahoma City wins 113-103. to 103.